I just want to say, marry a woman that keeps you in line and gives you the microphone. <laughs> it's a good idea. We want to say welcome to uh, Jody and Regina all the way from Big Timber. Uh, they uh, came in sometime uh, yesterday, um, and it's always good to see them. We're just waiting for them to move here, so anytime now. Uh, we have celebrations coming up uh, this week. We got Riot and Roxana's birthdays on the 18th. Do you want to sing happy birthday? Are they even? Are they here? Are they not here? Okay. All right. Um, we are having potluck and communion today. Please stay after service for great food and fellowship. There's plenty of food, plenty of snacks, plenty of desserts. So please stay after uh, for a time of food and fellowship. Wednesday night, uh, Bible studies this week are for kids uh, at 630 and uh, classes start at 7. There's no adult or teen uh, classes week. We'll be starting teen and adult classes uh, the first Wednesday in September. Um, Prayer View is on the map for the citywide rummage sale. We need people to help uh, to bring things to sell. It is this Saturday, the 19th from 9 to 2 p.m., and this is for the Women's Ministry uh, fundraiser. If you don't know what happens in women's ministry, please ask a woman, because I don't know. Don't ask PJ, don't ask Brian, don't ask me, because we don't know. Oh, they're selling food. They're selling lunch. What kind of lunch? We don't know. Show up and find out. Uh, next Sunday, August 20th, uh, will be a special Sunday this evening uh, from the mission service from Bishop Tom Gillum, not Gollum, not Lord of the Rings, but Gillum. I was corrected from last Sunday, but Gillum is how you pronounce it. And uh, it will be at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, please plan to be there. You will be blessed. And the annual business meeting is August 27th uh, at 5 p.m. We encourage all members to attend, and you must be present. Uh, you must be a member and present to vote. And we have to fill three positions for the council plus an alternate. If you are willing to serve in this area, uh, please speak to Pastor Justin and let him know. Um, and uh, we know that you all want to hear about uh, camp and the summer. It's been a crazy, busy, wild uh, summer, so we will have a vision slash recap slash welcome back Rex uh, uh, Sunday, the first Sunday in September, so please plan on being there. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here. God, I pray that the weight of your presence would not leave this place until you were done. I pray, God, that you would help me to get what is in my mind and my heart out in a way that brings glory and honor to you, God, that is challenging. But God, not in a way that would discourage anybody or that would put an undue weight on anybody here. Father, may you continue to have your way in the service and in us today. In Jesus' name I pray. I've been really struggling this week. Because I've had some time, obviously, to just to sit and to think, to ponder. 
And I told Jessica, I, I, I honestly don't know what is going on with me, but I, when I read Scripture, when I look at what it means to be a Christian, when I look at, at the church in Acts, when I look at the writings of Paul and, and the commands of Jesus and, and what he told us to do, and I look at modern Christianity, I don't see much of a connection. I, I see a, a massive disconnection. And I, I told Jessica, I'm, I'm 41 years old. I got two degrees. I've been to seminary. And I feel like I'm missing it. Like I, I don't get the Lord. Like, like I, I go through the actions. I do church as we normally do church. I do church as I've been doing church all my life. And, and that's, that's my Christian walk. And, and that's not it. And as scary as it is for you to hear me say that from the pulpit, it's even scarier to be behind the pulpit and to say that. And so I, I go to Scripture, and, and Scripture says this in, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. It says, well, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so I read that. And I read the same in Matthew chapter 22. If you want to go there. Beginning in verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And what that means is that all of the Old Testament can be summed up in those two commandments. Church, that, that's a, a, a tiny portion of all the words that are in Scripture. And in all honesty, that right there gives me enough to work on for the rest of my life. I don't need to worry about other things. I need to worry about that. I need to worry about what it looks like to love God with all of my heart and my mind and my soul and my strength. But I can't just stop there. I've got to love my neighbor as myself. And so I come to church and I love this church and I love you, but I'm just going to speak out of my heart. 
But I don't understand, church, how this can be what we're all told, all of us. It's not just me. It doesn't say, hey, pastors, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And when you do that, your church will do that. It doesn't say that. It says for everybody. And I'm going to be real honest for a minute. I don't have conversations at church about how so-and-so went and talked to somebody that's not saved and they think they might come to church or, or, or how I was able to pray for somebody that was, I, I met in a store and, and God laid it on my heart to pray for them. And when I prayed for them, they, they received salvation. I don't have those conversations. I have conversations about fans and about air and about heat and about where people sit. And I am so discouraged because that's what are, is important to us. Not loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, or our neighbor as ourself. I cannot express to you enough, and I, and I want you to understand, I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm passionate, and I have one tone for every emotion. My anger tone is my same as my passion tone. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. I have conversations about worship songs about why we're singing that one. And I'm telling you, we are missing God. We're missing God. When our time and our effort and our energy is taken up on those things, I would love to challenge everybody here to stand up, and don't do this because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but to stand up if you've invited somebody to church this year. To stand up if you've walked across the street to your neighbor and said, listen, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Because if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then your life is no longer your own. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been bought. It's, it's, it's Christ that lives in me. I, I've been crucified with him. And, and so that just the very beginning of that right there, loving God with all of our mind, our heart, our soul, and our strength, that means that we're his that we stop arguing, that we stop holding back, that we stop doing this, this thing with the Lord, we'll, we'll, we'll compromise with Him. If, if He blesses us this way, then we'll go ahead and do this. But we, we think we're persecuted. We think that because we, we might possibly be rejected, that that's persecution. That's not persecution. There are literally places where if you say you are a Christian, you die. And not only do you die, your family dies. And they don't hide, and they don't sit in a building, they don't pretend like there's something else. They live for Christ. And so I'm so concerned with myself and what I call Christianity, what I call a relationship with God, that I don't even know what to do with it. And then I'm disheartened because I would love... To be a church that is worried about our neighbors, not about ourselves. And I think the only reason that we're worried about ourselves is because we don't have that first part done. What does it look like to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength? One, your heart's not divided. It's not going here and here and here and here. 
Your heart is not to Prairie View Church of God. Your heart is not to Pastor Justin. Your heart is to the Lord, which means that you will give your life and your time and your energy and your effort to Him, not just that church. If, if this is the best we have to wait for, you're being shortchanged and I'm being shortchanged. Church should be where we come as a, as a body of believers and we encourage each other and we, we yes, we get fed. But if your spiritual achievement for the week is that you made it to church, that's the bare minimum. And I'm not telling anybody to skip church. We're told in Hebrews to, to not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Especially as we see that day coming. But this is not all there is. This is not all you were called to do. This is not all that the Holy Spirit wants for you in your life. So what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your, your heart? It's not divided. What about your mind? It means you're intentional in growing in the Lord. You're in the Word of God. There was a study done that said when people were in the Word of God three days a week, there was no difference in their life. None. But they hit that four-day mark, and there was a vast difference in who they became. That's just four days. But you got seven in a week to, to grow and to dig in and to learn. And so Bible study and church are not going to make it. They're not going to fill you the way that God wants you to be filled. They're important, and I encourage everybody to attend. I encourage everybody to be with their brothers and sisters in Christ at church when you can. But that's not your relationship with the Lord. What does it mean to love God with all your soul? It means everything. Everything you are is His. In all your strength. I'm fully convinced that the reason that some people don't have liberty in Christ, they don't want it. Because we're so consumed with, with our pet sins and, and holiness is not a list of do's or don'ts. Holiness is a position you have in the Lord. And so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm going through this and I'm, I'm struggling with how this looks is, is our, our, our spiritual worship, is our service to God to, to come and, and sing songs at church and, and hear a message and go home? Is that why you were created? Is that why God exists? Is that why the Spirit of God has been put in you? Is that why you went from being a dead person to a living person in Christ? Is that it? Because let's be honest, some of us aren't even very good at that. And I'm just being real. And so I think somewhere along the line, we stopped following the Lord the way that Scripture tells us to, and we instead settle for, I go to church, check mark. That's no way to live. It's a good way to die. That's not what a relationship with the Lord is about. Go, go to, to James uh, chapter 4, verse 17 with me if you would. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And so we've talked about this before. The sins of commission, which are sins that you commit, and the sins of omission, which are the things that you're supposed to do that you don't. They're both sin. i got to be honest with you. Going to church and checking something off your list, that's not going to cover the sins of not loving your neighbor. 
It's not going to cover the sin of being self-absorbed and, and only worried about self. It's not going to be what Christ is looking for. Uh, if you notice that when the, the disciples were following Christ and they had a very large group of people, and we're getting ready to take communion here in a little bit, when, when he said, you, you can't be my disciples if, unless you drink my blood and eat my body, so many walked away. So many, and Jesus didn't say, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Let me say something easier to digest. They walked away. And they didn't follow him anymore. There is a, a cost and a price that comes with following the Lord. I, I in, in one of, you guys have seen multiple I don't know if they're spiritual, emotional, or mental breakdowns that I've had in the pulpit. But in the last one that I had, I very bluntly said, I, I can't do this the way we've been doing it anymore. I, I just can't. And I, I don't mean I can't because of you, or, or I mean, I can't because of me. I can't because when I look at what, what Christ has done for me, what, what God has done for me in Christ, and when I look at the fact that not only did I not deserve uh, the mercy and grace that I've received upon Christ's death and his resurrection for a new life, but that I also don't deserve to have the Spirit of God living inside of me. When, when I look at that, and then I look at how much I shortchange God with my life, with, with a closed mouth instead of an open mouth, how I, I can get so concerned about things that don't matter and be so mildly concerned about souls. Everybody here knows somebody that's going to hell. Everybody here knows somebody that's going to hell. When is the last time, church, that we cried tears of sorrow in the altar over those that are going to hell? I'm, I'm not a revolutionary. I'm not out to redesign church. I'm not out to be the guy that, that knows what 2,000 years of church history got wrong. I'm not that guy. I'm a guy that planned on killing myself and God saved me at the very last minute. Gave me a new life. And because of that, I told him, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what friends I lose or what friends I gain, no matter if I have to walk alone or what, I'm going to follow you no matter what it looks like and no matter what it costs me. And so part of that is this today. I don't know what this is going to cost me. But I know that, that how, how I've determined for myself what a relationship with the Lord looks like, it's not what the Bible says it looks like, it's what the church of God expects, or the church of God says it looks like. And I'm not against the church of God, I love the church of God. So do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? I don't know how to clarify it further. I'm not against our denomination, but I've lived a lot of my life doing what I thought others expected of me to do in ministry and not what God has called me to do in ministry. And so I'm, again, 41 seminary degrees, and I'm trying to figure out what it even looks like to do ministry in, in a very real sense of the word. Not, not, not what it looks like to be a, a pastor. I, I know the definition of a pastor. I know all that. 
I mean, what does it look like to walk with the Lord day in and day out, minute by minute? What does it look like to wake up and, and have my mind turned towards the Lord and to go to bed and have my mind turned towards the Lord and have it turned towards the Lord the whole day? What does that look like? And Charles Spurgeon says it, it, it best, and I've, I've used this quote before, but he says, if sinners be damned, which let's be honest, they are. There, there's no way around that. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with their arms wrapped about their knees imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. And so, again, I'm going to get fairly real for a second. Does any of this matter if souls are not being saved? Does it matter what job you have if you are not witnessing for the Lord? Does it matter where you live if you're not witnessing for the Lord? Does your retirement matter if you're not witnessing for the Lord? Because when you stand before Him on that day, when I stand before Him, I'll, I'll say it this way. I'll take it off of you and put it on me. When I stand before Him on that day, He's not going to care what car I drove, what house I lived in, if I wore a suit every Sunday, if I wore a tie or didn't wear a tie, he's not going to care about how I have my hair cut, about who my friends are, about where I got my degrees. He's not going to care. He's going to ask me what I did with what he gave me. And God forbid... God forbid that I stand before him and I say nothing. I was too scared. I played it safe. I took that one talent you gave me and I hid it in the ground because I knew that you were a harsh taskmaster that you collected when you came back. Instead of taking a risk, instead of putting myself out there and, and, and earning on what you've given me, I just kept that safe and I, I hid it and I buried it. But, but here you go. It's yours. If you don't know the story in the Bible, that's not a, a good thing. That was a bad thing. And I think about in Matthew 7 when he says, they, they, they come up to him and they say, you know, he says, depart from me, I never knew you, you practitioners of lawlessness. And they say, well, hold up, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do all these wonderful works in your name? How many here have cast out demons and prophesied? So they're a little bit ahead of, of, of most average Christians. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. That scares me to no end. Because church, while I, I love coming together and I love being with you, that is not Christianity. That is a part of Christianity. It's not Christianity. And so my desire and my goal is to somehow figure out what it means to be somebody that's set on fire for the Lord. Where this is just a part of what my life is, not what my life is. And I say that as somebody that has makes their living as a pastor in pastoral ministry.
God forbid, church, that when we get up to heaven and we stand before the Lord and He does the shaking and everything that was not built on Him falls away, all of our words, all of our works, can I, can I just be really honest with you? Prairie View Church of God is not going to save you. The Church of God denomination is not going to save you. Having Pastor Justin Countryman as your pastor, you might get bonus points for it for having to put up with me, but it's not going to save you. Everything else is secondary to Christ. Everything. Paul talks about it in Galatians. He says, listen, you, you who started in the Spirit, are you now going to go back to the letter? Are you going to go back to the law? Are you going to try and justify what it means to be saved by a list of do's and don'ts? He, he says, listen, in Christ, circumcision doesn't benefit you anything. And uncircumcision doesn't benefit you anything. So he's saying being a Jew or a Gentile does not benefit you one way or the other in Christ. And he goes so far as to say, and I'll be general how I say it, he's talking about circumcision. He says, I wish that those that plague you, that try and get you to live back under the law, would cut themselves off. And for you adults here, it means castration. That they would just... That's how violently he opposed legalism. One definition of legalism that's my own would be this. When you're safe at church, but you don't witness. How many here have been saved by Jesus Christ? By show of hands. Like you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God himself reached down into your dead, wretched life, breathed life over you, put new life in you because of what Jesus Christ has done. That he's your only hope. Only hope of salvation. Not Jesus and what you wear, or Jesus and what church you go to, or Jesus and this, just Jesus. How many people know that? What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Because church, we have some pretty strong commands to go and make disciples of all nations. Right? Most of us don't do that. We, we leave that for those who are called to full-time ministry like myself. The title of my sermon is, is real. And what does it mean to be a real born-again Christian? It might be easier for me to tell you what it means in a negative sense. It means you can't keep your mouth shut. How did you hear about Jesus Christ? And I doubt anybody here can tell me it was from sitting across from a stranger who did not speak a word or say a word at all. I'm saved because somebody opened their mouth. And I'm saved because somebody opened their mouth outside of church.
preached a sermon a few weeks ago called Oil and Wine, and, and that's been going through my, my mind so much. I can't, I wake up with those words in my mind, I go to bed with those words in my mind, I can't. I told Pastor Brian, I'm so tired of, of them being in my mind, I just wish somebody would shake me and they'd fall out. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the politics and I'm tired of some of the conversations that I've had. I'm tired of waking up day in and day out knowing that there's a vast amount of people in Beulah, just Beulah, that don't know who the Lord is. And knowing that we as a church are not doing a whole lot about it, and that's on me, that's not, for good or bad, I'm, I'm the leader of this church. I'm tired of, of praying really hard for people and, and having to come to the realization that that they are very content with not following the Lord, but just sitting on the sidelines watching them walk by. I'm really hurt and I, I wouldn't embarrass Connor. he's not in here, but he said the other day. He had a shirt on and it was uncomfortable and we're trying to get ready and everybody knows that as kids, Sunday morning, getting ready, it's like World War III every Sunday. But he said, Dad, can I untuck my shirt? And I turned around and said, no, that's not what people do at church. Why does it matter? Where do we get that idea? Where do we take what Christ has done for us and relegate it down to who's in and who's out based on what they wear and how they look? We're missing it, church. God forbid you you have tattoos, you have your ears pierced, you have a beard which I so desperately want and can't grow. God forbid, because God couldn't use somebody like that. I'm, I want to tell you 
so clearly if we don't get with the program, we're going to watch all those who we think are sinners damned to hell have a relationship with Christ where we miss out because we're sitting on the sideline judging them. Christ didn't go sit with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and say, you got it. He didn't go sit with all those that knew all the religious rules and that judged everybody else and say, you're my people. He went to the tax collectors and the prostitutes, people that would not even be allowed in a church. And he sat with them and he ate with them. He didn't become them and he didn't affirm them in what they were doing. He had a relationship that said, listen, your sin doesn't define you, I do. And while this group of people over here won't let you in because of your sin, I'm not them. And so I don't know what the future of Prairie View looks like. And, and, and I don't know how many are willing to, to walk away from some, some decades of this is what church is and move into this is what God's doing. But I can tell you this, as a pastor, I don't want to do church. I want to follow God. And so if we have people come through those doors that are covered head to toe in tattoos, amen. If I got somebody that comes through that's a Wall Street businessman in a three-piece suit and shoes so shiny that I can't look at them, amen. If I got a single mother come through with 14 kids and they have 16 different dads, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to be a church that's known for who we don't allow in. I want to be a church that's known for the fact that God is here. That's what I want. And I know sometimes I preach hard, and I know sometimes I, I... Goodness gracious, I don't know if I could sit under my own preaching. But I promise you, it's not because I'm against you. It's because I'm for you. And I'm for the Lord. I, I, when we first got to Prairie View, I was praying about, about a vision for Prairie View and God showed me the seat's full. And I, there's times where I've thought, yes, we're on our way. And times where I'm like, Oy. I don't want seats full so we can put on our, on our reports, we had seats full. I want seats full because there's people that need to know Jesus. I would love if those people met Jesus out there because we spoke about Jesus out there. And then they came to church because they met Jesus out there and want more of him. But I'll take it either way. If the best you can do is get them to come to church, then I pray to God that I'm in tune enough with the Holy Spirit that I'll preach a sermon that will get a hold of them and, and, and they'll come to Jesus. I, I am not interested in the least in being the proper fundamentalist Baptist church. It's not me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't, Miss Apple, Pastor Brian, Miss Sonia, I don't care if you do two songs for call to worship and one song afterwards and, we have, and I preach. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care what songs you pick. All I care about is that you're hungry and pursuing the Lord. Pastor Logan, Kara, Mama Jay's 
She always disappears when I start preaching hard. I think she thinks that if you guys start throwing stuff, she might get hit. I don't really care what youth group looks like as long as people are coming to Jesus Christ. I don't care. For you adults on, on Wednesday night, I, I don't really care about the format. I don't care about what you wear for the most part. I mean, obviously, common sense does factor into some of these things. As long as we're growing and learning about Jesus and as long as people that come find Jesus. I don't care. And so there might be some, some shaking, some shifting, some moving. There might be some, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Because to pursue Christ the way that he's asked us to pursue him means we've got to step outside our comfort zone. Because to be honest with you, there's not much that's comfortable about following Christ. It's going to cost you more than you ever thought you'd give, but it's going to reward you more than you ever thought you could be rewarded. Rex is going to share in a couple weeks about his missions trip. I'm pretty sure, I won't speak for you, so if I'm wrong, you can correct me, but I think he probably grew and was stretched in ways that he didn't know he was going to grow and stretch in. Because there's something that happens when you step out of your comfort zone and say, listen, God, it's for you. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I've always had. It's for you. I want you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give you my life. And that's it. We're, we're getting ready to take part in communion here shortly. And I want to ask a question. And I'm going to put an awkward silence after it because one, I like doing that. And two, I think we, we need to just think about it for a minute without having anything said. But these two elements represent the body and the blood of Christ. Fully given. Right? We, we know that, that he, he died on the cross. He didn't fall asleep. He, he didn't just randomly wake up. He, he died. He gave his life. He gave his blood. I'm going to ask it two different ways. When you look at your life right now, was the sacrifice worth it? That's question number one. Question number two is how saved would you be if God served you the same exact way you serve him? To the same level. Church, the reason that God can ask everything of us is because he gave everything for us. A God that hold, held nothing back doesn't demand from you something he didn't already give. And so we're gonna, I'm going to ask Pastor... He needs a second. We're going to partake communion here in a minute. And, and I'll just, the same way that we always do it, you can just line up over here and come through I would ask that you hold your elements until we are through, until everybody has them, and we'll, we'll partake together. But what I want you to, to think about as you come through, and the song that's going to play is Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood, which is, I don't care how many times I hear that song, it, it just, it gets me every time. But instead of just taking communion like you normally take communion, would you today understand that it is because Christ gave everything that you even have the possibility of being here today?
And it's because Christ gave everything that you can partake of communion. And it's because Christ gave everything that you have a real relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The God that is holy, holy, holy. And would you, as you walk through this line, as you get ready to take communion, would you think and allow the Holy Spirit to impress upon your mind in a good way the areas that, that you fall short, and I have my own areas I fall short, so I'm not saying you have them and I don't. But the areas that we're falling short in our walk with the Lord and what we can do to change them. There's a couple of things you don't get back once they're gone. First is words. You can't ever pull words back and, and put them in your mouth once you say them. But you don't get time back either. Nobody can rewind the clock. There's a beautiful passage of Scripture that talks about how God redeems the time. I wasted 25 years of my life doing nothing and hurting a lot of people. And I can tell you that God has redeemed that time. Even more importantly, the times that I've wasted being a Christian, God can redeem those too. So as you come through this line, as you get ready to partake, the Holy Spirit's not done working. After we partake of communion, um, you're more than welcome to be dismissed. I know there's some people that might want to get back to, to potluck, but if you are here and you know that you've just gone through the motions, that, that you're, you're, you're saved, but you're, you've, you've pulled yourself back, maybe you just have walked to the side of the road and, and planted yourself there, you're not walking with the Lord anymore. You, you know about Him. You know enough to, to pass as, as having a relationship, but you know you don't. Would you just meet Him here today? He'll take care of it. There's not one thing you can go through that God can't take care of. And there's not one thing you will go through that God doesn't want to take care of. So if you need that, that, that fire back, if you need that spark, if you need that Maybe you just need a, a, a refilling. Maybe you're just tired and worn out and you need the oil and the wine of the Lord to, to, to be present again in your life. Find it today. It's not about me. It's not about preview. It's about God. Wanting people that are wholly His to do His work while we still have a chance. Amen. Pastor Brian, Pastor Logan, would you come please? Heavenly Father, as we get ready to partake of communion, I pray that God, as we line up and gather our elements, that we would supernaturally be reminded of what it means to partake of the body and the blood of Christ. That God, no matter how many times we've taken communion before, that we would be reminded once again of the supernatural power that is given because of what Christ has done. May we remember the price that he paid. And Holy Spirit, may you help us to honor that price each and every day of our lives. May you meet us here today. May you minister to us today. In Jesus' name.
reading from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, Scripture says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may eat of the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes and drink the cup. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your son and Jesus of what you you did of how you walked this earth the price that you paid the the life that you laid down for us that nobody here deserved your mercy and grace we hadn't done enough good things to warrant your attention Jesus, you died for sinners. But the life that we have in you is also not meant to be lived in captivity. And so I pray that as we move into the altar time of our service, that if there be anybody here God, that, that would be bound by anything, maybe it's legalism, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's shame, maybe it's guilt, that God, that they would take the message that has been given today and they would, they would take this act of communion and know that, that you gave everything to set people free. That we don't have to live in bondage, that we don't have to live in fear, that we don't have to live in shame, that we don't have to live in guilt. And so God, for those souls that are, are tired and weary, I pray that you would pour in the oil and the wine one more time. that you would heal everything that needs healed, that you would mend every broken thing. God, I pray that as a church, you would help us to, to really look at what it means that we are not our own, that we have been bought with a price, that we have been crucified with you, and that the life that we now live, we don't live in our flesh, but Christ lives in us. Holy Spirit, may you complete the work that you began today in the lives of each and every person underneath the sound of my voice. And may it all bring glory and honor to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.